2: Flashback week on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN, and today we celebrate the 2000s, the uh, first decade of this century, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, one of our all-time favorites, former Mizzou coach Gary Pinkle, joining us on 101 ESPN. Coach, I always love talking to you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, really doing good. Thank you. And uh, I uh, this is the most important thing. How's your health? How are you feeling? I'm doing
3: well. I'm doing good. Um, you know, I've I always have my the t- cancer. I have. I always have it, uh, but it's been to this point. Uh, we're working real hard to um, to make sure that we're uh, it's doing well, and we're doing pretty good to this point.
2: That's good to hear. I, I want to go back. Uh, I know you're a program builder. You did a great job at Toledo, and then you, you resurrected the Mizzou program, and now you see that it's been able to be maintained. How much pride do you take in the fact that the foundation that you built there is still being maintained today?
3: Well, I think that, you know, I, I certainly you take a great deal of uh, pride in that. You know, you, it's, it's kind of almost like you have a responsibility. You're given that job. And, you know, that job is going to historically be evaluated always. Um, I think sometimes – people don't realize what a great staff I had and, and you know, all the players from the original players that I inherited, that wasn't much fun we had losing losing winning losing the first four years and people forget about that and you inherit a program with two winning seasons in 17 years and i look back at it, i said what did i heck did i take that job for <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way i felt that way a lot uh, as was we were going through it but just the process of putting a program in and, and changing a culture and it's all about people it's all about the great players we had kids that jumped on and things weren't weren't very good and you know staff staying together and working hard and being positive and so um i feel very uh fortunate uh and i also you know for on behalf of all my players and all my coaches you know we we passed the baton on you know we would you know we went to five divisional championships in you know the last last nine years and um you know we were ranked fourth fifth i think 15th 18th so we were doing a lot of good things so uh Anyway, by the way, we're graduated about 92% of our players, too. That's so Awesome.
2: You know that business better than we do. There are a lot of times, a lot of situations where you go losing, losing, winning, losing. You don't see year five either. So they had some patience.
3: Yeah, they did. And I told Mike Alden when I took the job, just because I you know, did an evaluation of it pretty thorough, uh, although it was even more tough and tougher than I thought it was going to be. I told him, there's going to be a point, Mike, when I'm going to need you. There's going to be a point when you're going to have to. This is this is during the interview process, because I said there's nothing going to be easy about this thing. And one thing I did was I clearly told him, you know, the direction, organization, the detail of how we are doing things. We just don't sit in a meeting for 15 minutes. Let's do this this today. Let's try it next week. Another something. We had every, everything A to Z was designed, and uh, and so I, I'm very appreciative of him believing in me. And uh, you know we had a good run, and now you know I want I want Mizzou to continue to go. The new south end zone facility was needed. That's one thing that Mike called. I started that did that thing, and then it went away. Then. You know, then uh, they brought it back, and, and, oh, my goodness, it's one of the best in the nation. And now we're building a new indoor facility. So that's the South End Zone. Now we're building a new indoor facility, and it's got to be the same way. People got to walk in. Players, 18-year-old kids got to walk in and go, wow. And so they're doing all the right things facility-wise to compete in the greatest conference in college football, the SEC.
0: Coach Drinkwitz, Gary, is off to a great start so far building a program at Mizzou, and he's been killing it in recruiting. Recruiting seems like such a difficult part of a job for a head football coach. When you look at the pie of time, what percentage would you say of your job was spent on recruiting? Because it feels like it's never-ending.
3: That's probably the best way I could describe it's never-ending. You know, when when you sign one, you you move on to the next, and it just keeps going and going and going. It's a never-ending process. Uh, they have a lot of – they've changed things where most of the visits are in the summer now. So don't, They're different things like that. But at the end of the day, recruiting is important. I, I, his emphasis on in-state recruiting has been – I think exceptional. Uh, you know, I, a few months ago, I'm watching TV and there's an ad about you know staying at Mizzou if you're if you're a football player in St. Louis and Kansas City. And I you went, know, why didn't I? When I when I Mike Aldmore probably would have paid it for me. <laughs> so like, I'll play Mike Aldmore. Uh, but the day, I mean, I, I saw it. and I said, I just got a smile on my face. You know, that's what you got to do. You know, when, when you, we had Jeremy Macklin and uh, Kaufman and Rucker, I can go through tons of guys from the state of Missouri that were hugely, hugely important for us to, to win. And then our goal was always to get 90, 95% of them every year. And the last, all the years after we pretty much did that, and that helped to maintain a base. So that's going to be critically important, but at the end of the day, you know, it's all based on winning. I mean, it, that's just the way it is. That's where our jobs are. And so, uh, I think coach drinks in a good job. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a real supporter of his and, uh, here we go in a few weeks.
2: Hey, Gary, if, if there was a turning point for you after that 2004 season, or maybe later than that, did you feel like there was a point where you, the program turned and you said, okay, now we're headed in the right direction and headed towards what transpired in
3: 2007-2008? Well, I, you know, I think I, I saw a lot of things going on there. In our third year, we went to a bowl. We lost, but went to a bowl. In the fourth year, we didn't. And that fifth year was a tough year. Because we had to get back in the saddle, and I think we won seven games. We went to a bowl, but that was massively important for us. Uh, two, to, let me see, one, two, three, four. Yeah, that was in, and to get back to get get back in in 2005 to get back in to get rolling and moving, and that got us going again. And then you know then uh, our player development, our recruiting process, and all the players uh, you know, that we had, you know, there's a ton of NFL players playing on, you know, in, uh, had played in the NFL after they were with us. And that had a lot to do with, with winning also, you know, because of quality of athletes. And so, uh you know, that, that, that year after losing, losing, winning, losing, and then we had to get back in the saddle and that was a tough year to, to get to a bowl. I mean, it wasn't like it, we, we you know, we just, you know, we were bowl eligible really easy. We were fighting at the end. And I vividly remember that because, you know, my life's on the line, you know, and, and, and all we're trying to do. And, and we found a way to get to a bowl, and then we went, I think, with eight straight bowls, counting count, that year.
2: Gary Pinkle with us on 101 ESPN. And, and, Coach, one of the things, and I know coaches hate the star rating systems. I, I, I get that. But you yep. guys, you turned a lot of two- and three-star guys into first- and second-round draft choices in the NFL. And that that is a credit to your staff and your your recognition, right, the evaluation process.
3: Yeah, there's no question about that. You know, I I, I would bring a I, I had a very sturdy staff, which was important. Also, not very many people left, but occasionally one would come in, and then he'd be bringing a player up in in from from Los Angeles to say he wanted to recruit him, and he's going through the process, and he goes, "By the way, coach, he's a four-star guy out of out of L.A." And I'll stop him, and I say, "We don't do stars in here. <laughs> we don't we don't do that. I don't care what star he's." First, by I don't really matter to me. We have our system, our evaluation, and what we do, and so that was important for us and then our player development to make them stronger, faster, quicker, mentally tougher. All the things we did, there was a process involved in getting that done. Um, but uh, certainly, you want to recruit athletic guys that can run and kids that were uh, you thought potentially could be you know great teammates.
0: Coach, I wanted to ask you about some of the things happening in college football today. I know that you were at the cutting edge of players getting a stipend, but what's your reaction to the NCAA giving college athletes the green light to make money off their name, image, and likeness?
3: Well, it's a difficult, it's a difficult subject. Uh, I'm trying to get my hands around it, also a uh, subject matter because I think you know certainly players do do, uh, do deserve some, without question, and they have you know just from a law perspective. Um, you know, but they were amateurs, so you couldn't pay them. There's a lot of things that went down in between all this. This uh, this NIL is really interesting to me. Um, I don't see any regulation. My concern is, I want I want this to work. I want it to work big time for the kids, and I want it to be great for college football. So that's the side I am. I want it to all be successful. But there's the regulation. There's no regulation there's none. I mean, there's, there's I mean, the, the, you know, what, what the values of certain things are who, who could have a party and pay a guy, you know, a hundred thousand dollars if they wanted to. I mean, I, I know of no regulation or rules and you can't, you can't hardly do anything without regulation or rules or guidelines. So, you know, the NCA's has kind of stepped back and said, basically, you know, coaches step back. You have nothing to do with it, and it's just between the the student and the person that wants to, you know, to to employ them or have their their name or whatever, use their name. And you know, there's going to be agents involved. You're going to go home visits. So you're going to see mom, dad, uh, and then you're going to see an agent sitting next to them. I guarantee you're going to see it now. And. And I'm just guaranteed it. Just when you think about the where this goes, you know, a guy, a dealership guy in town here gives a guy, a, you know, a brand new Camaro, you know, for getting, putting his name on something for a certain amount of time. How many times I just need no regulation. I just see this all over the place. And I just don't know what's going to happen there. I, mean, I hope maybe, maybe there's a lot of things happening better that I don't know about. Um, again, I want it to work. No question about it. But oh, my goodness, this is a. Uh, this would be really interesting to watch to see what happens.
2: And I would think, especially in this conference, in the SEC, where you have boosters that get coaches fired and a lot of times get coaches hired. Now those same Mm -hmm. boosters, they, they think they're in charge of personnel too, right?
3: Well, yeah. And you know, you're in a home visiting, you know, you're, you're, you're going against another school and all of a sudden the agent says, well, this school says he, this guy, well, the school can't say anything. Well, you know, the agent is talking to somebody outside of there, but finding out how much that they can do, you know, in that particular community to help pay and compare to the other one. So they're bargaining now financially for a player. And and it's just it's 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 mind boggling to me. It's, it's, it's interesting.
2: You're laughing because you don't have to deal with it. <laughs> sure, right. I,
3: you know, what the other thing, too, is I want to say this. too. First of all, I think players should get more money. And I think I totally agree with that. But you know, you, you know what you go to college for. Also, let's not forget this because uh, very few guys will play in the NFL, and very few guys will play, uh, much fewer guys will play more than two years in the NFL. Anyway, and you go to college to get your degree, you get an education so sort to of prepare you for the rest of your life. And and you know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars probably over a four or five year period of time, maybe a little bit more, uh, out of state, so on, and so forth. But let's not forget that, you know, you know you to play football forever. And, uh, and, and that education is the thing that ultimately will prepare you for the rest of your life. And so for, for 95% of the guys that, that, that play, play in that league. So, and then you look at the, you know, the focus on the team, a guy's got to meeting. he's going to go to a birthday party from an alum. That's going to, uh, he's going to sign your name and stuff like that. Well, then that means that, you know, he's going to pay you $20,000 for an hour. I mean, I'm just throwing something out to you. I mean, and then by the way, the the guy says, "Why well, I'll be late for practice?" Well, that's okay. You got to get this thing done. It's I, you know, I just see it. Just I have no idea what's going to happen here. You know, uh, and the focus of the players, and how about the offensive guard that's blocking for that quarterback that's making, you know, made two hundred thousand dollars, and he he's made he's made a thousand dollars every other month. Uh, and you see, what I'm saying where it's going, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? And I, I'm helping you be a great player, but I guess my value is not very much out there. And it just, just presents a lot of problems and issues. And, uh, and then the lack of regulation and rules and guidelines. And so, uh, again, I want it to work. I, I love college football. You know, I think it's awesome. Uh, I want it to work here for Mizzou. I want it to work everywhere, but I just, I'm just shake my head, uh, you don't have rules and regulations and you have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars running around. Trust me. It's uh, that that's, it's, it'll be very interesting to see what happens.
0: Great points, coach. Well, we wanted to have you on today in part because this is flashback week and we're looking back at some of the great moments throughout the decades here in St. Louis sports. And for so many Mizzou fans, that 2007 season, that that great ride that the Tigers took fans on is definitely at the top of the list. But when you look back on that season, is there one memory that stands out to you or a favorite moment that you have?
3: you know that's so hard to pick you know because there were so many big games important games you know it was it was a hump you yeah. know it was that's what i started with my seniors going into that and juniors and some more experienced players they'd been with us for a few years you know coming off of 2006 and so we got 2007 and you know we I just kept to remind it's and, so, and everything it was just it was just a magical time but um, we had a lot of good players. There a lot of guys playing NFL off that team. A lot of guys did tremendous things. And you know, we all look back to the you know to that game in the that mammoth game in Kansas City um, against KU, uh, which the winner ultimately would become number one in the nation before uh, the next week on on that Monday. And uh, I try to tell people, I, there's a lot of great games, okay, but that game right there was probably as great a college environment as any place ever in any in any conference in in, in college football. It was absolutely incredible what that stadium was like. Uh, I will never, ever uh, forget that. And I just did my little prayer was, I don't know if God cares who wins or loses, but I'm still asking if we can win. <laughs> I, I to ask him if we win this game. And I, rare, I rarely ever do that you know, thank heavens you know was you know we got off to a great start, and they came they had a great team they came back, got it close, and oh my goodness uh what a what an environment you know uh, uh, uh i never have again between Missouri and Kansas like that never hopefully we'll be playing them again, but that was a that was and the most important thing is, and the best thing for us is we won the game, so it was uh Uh, pretty awesome.
2: Gary, one more thing and one of the things that bothers me a lot about our industry, talk radio and and talk TV is we we talk way too much about legacy but when Mm -hmm. you get into this business you get in to impact young men and you've got Mm -hmm. a lot of guys now that are coaching high school football that played for you that you impacted first of all, do you know off the top of your head how many guys you have and how much advice do you give them now when they call you and say coach uh, I've got a coaching question, what do I
3: do Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how many it is. It has to be in the mid teens or maybe even 20 or so. I have seen articles written about it and you know, I get I get letters and you know, I get you know, more so emails and, and phone calls from some of them. They'll ask me to send them certain things. I'll send them some things that, you know, that that, that we kind of used. But it it's, it's really awesome. I mean, you know, the great thing's about my job. Uh, that's why I started I have a foundation called the GP Maze Foundation. Mm-hmm an acronym for Make a Difference Every Day in the Lives of Kids. One thing about my, my business is you, you, the relationship with your players and, and what you can do to help them. And, and when you push them out the door, they're, they're better people. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's kind of that's where, you know, what, what we try to do. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the direction we go, and and we'll work very hard to do it.
2: And hopefully this GPMade Foundation, gpmade.org, will be another part of your legacy. It supports research for children and youth facing lymphoma and leukemia and assists children and youth with physical challenges. If you can leave a legacy, it can be solving those problems, right?
3: Yeah, just assisting kids. And, and, and then the other one, the other area also is, is uh, kids that come from challenging backgrounds. And I've been in every home, I mean, homes in every city in this nation over the you know, 40, 40 years I was coaching. And I've seen some kids that, you know, had the most remarkable home life, and mom and dad and everything. And I've seen kids, and they were born into a very difficult environments. And so we're starting a, a huge scholarship program going on right now. That's that's that component for uh, scholarships. And, and we're having a gala this year. He's in, uh, it's it's going to come out here pretty soon to raise money for more scholarships. We're up to 31 scholarships now that we are the renewable scholarships um every year and uh, trade schools also It doesn't matter we want just to, about educating yourself to help yourself help your family so you can take care of yourself and so we're we're going to try to get that up to 50 and we get to 50 we're going to try to get to 60 so we're going to hopefully uh, you know do some great things to help kids
2: and you can learn about the gala and uh, everything that happens with gpmade at gpmade.org Coach, it's always great to hear your voice. We always appreciate when you take the time to join us, uh, and hopefully, we'll see you in Columbia this fall.
3: Yeah, hopefully, we will. And I'm honored that you would ask me about that. And you know, and and let me just say this one thing: to at the end of the day, it's not about me; it's about all the people around me. You know, and and how we all work together. So, anyway, have a great day.
1: Thank you. You Go, too. Go, go, Tigers.
2: Yep. M I Z. Uh, that is Gary Pinkle on 101 ESPN.